The audio that you're listening to is recorded for Newfound Faith Christian Ministries at newfoundfaith.org. If you have not done so already, be sure to go to newfoundfaith.org and subscribe for email notifications so that you don't miss a post. You can also watch videos and subscribe on YouTube as well. Just search for Newfound Faith. Thanks again for listening and be sure to share what you listen to today with all of those that are around you. This week's a Sunday School Lesson. Lesson number six in the winter quarter, Blessing of Forgiveness and New Life. This week's lesson is being taught from the first chapter of 1 John, starting at the first verse and going through the second chapter and the fifth verse. Thanks again for stopping by and listening. Be sure to share what you have heard here today with someone, somewhere. lesson this week is taking a look at forgiveness and new life. Where does forgiveness and where does this new life, where does it come from? Uh, This is something that we actually discussed in our lesson last week. We know again that there was a work of reconciliation where the Lord restored unto himself uh, harmony between himself and mankind. He did that by giving the world his only begotten son. And we know that all of those who believe in the only begotten son will not perish because of their sins, but will have everlasting life. The ministry of reconciliation was to restore to harmony mankind's relationship with the Lord. God, again, he never desired to be separated from mankind. The only reason why he was separated from mankind was because of mankind's wickedness, because of sin. Giving the world his only begotten son was to take away that barrier, that barrier that was raised because of sin. And so the Lord restored to mankind righteousness through his only begotten son, through the work of reconciliation. We once were righteous, right? But because of sin, we lost our righteousness. We lost our glory. But because of his only begotten son, that glory, that righteousness, it was restored. And so here we are today. We're talking about forgiveness. We are talking about new life, which is, again, a good follow up discussion for what we discussed and what we learned in our lesson last week. We know now that forgiveness we know before we even go into our lesson this week, we know that forgiveness, we know that new life. We saw that we are a new creature. We are a new creation. Old things passed away. Okay. We know that that is possible because of that work of reconciliation. We know that it is possible because of Christ. So there's a perfect follow up here for what we're taking a look at in our Sunday school lesson this week. Where John, he starts off uh, here in the first epistle, this letter, where he starts off by saying that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested, he said in the second verse, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the father and was manifested to us. So who is John? He he says there that uh, he's speaking of someone, right? Because he's saying that they they seen this person, uh, they 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 were able to look upon, they were ha- able to handle it with their hands concerning the word of life. The life was manifested. If you have read 
John's Gospel, and you've read the first chapter of John's Gospel, you know that this reads very similar to the very first verse, where John wrote, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He would go on to say in that first chapter, in the 12th verse, that, that the Word was made flesh, and that it dwelt among the people. And within that passage of scripture, he talks about how many was able to receive the word. They were able to recognize, but there were many that rejected. So he's speaking about Christ here in the very opening, where we're looking there again in the first and the second verse. John is speaking of Christ. Christ is the word. Okay, the word was was with God. The word was God. The word was made flesh, he says in his gospel. Here he says the life was manifested. And we have seen and And he said that not only that he had seen it, he said that he had handled it with his hands there in the first verse. So he's talking about Christ here. And he says here again in the second verse that he is declaring, he's preaching about, he's speaking about here in this letter about that eternal life, which was with the father, speaking about Christ who was with the father. The son was with the father and was manifested. He said manifested to us. So, let us understand that John is speaking of Christ here in this first, in this opening here, in the opening verses here. The third verse will go on to say, That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you, that you may also, that you also may have a fellowship, fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. So I want us to understand here that. John is, is speaking about Christ here in the opening of his letter, and he's now giving us the reason as to why he is writing this letter uh, to his readers. He is declaring to them about Christ so that they can have fellowship, not just with him, but that they can have fellowship, most importantly, with the Lord and with his only begotten son. That is of the most significance. That is of the most importance here. What we saw in our lesson last week, that we are ambassadors for the Lord. We are ambassadors for Christ. And John essentially is writing this, le this letter here as an ambassador. He's reaching out to the people, to those who would read this letter, so that they could join into fellowship with not just him, not just be another brother or another sister in Christ, but so that they could be in fellowship with the Lord. That was his desire. Okay? that's that should be our desire today as we saw in our lesson last week we we should be compelled by the love of Christ for others to to join into fellowship not just with us it's not necessarily important to for for you know for people to be in fellowship with us it is is more important for people to be in fellowship with, with Christ I would much rather someone be in fellowship with Christ before they are in fellowship with me. When when they're in fellowship with Christ, then yeah, they're going to enter into fellowship with me because all of us are going to be brothers and sisters in Christ. But the most significant part is I want people, okay, not, not just to join because of me. I want people to join because they are in love with Christ and they want to be in fellowship with him. And that's what John is saying there, okay? He says there in the fourth verse, okay, these things we write to you that your joy may be full. That is the goal. That should be the goal for, for every believer. Okay? We, we discuss 
in our lesson last week, what it means to be blessed. We discussed what a blessing is. And I said that in our lesson last week, a blessing from, from the Lord, it is given to you so that you can not only be happy, but so that you could be content in your soul. The Lord seeks to make your joy full. And that is a drastic difference between being blessed or, or receiving a blessing from something that is of the world and the Lord. A blessing that comes from the world, as I said in our lesson last week, it can make you happy. Yes, it can. But it can only make you happy temporarily. You're not going to be content. Whereas uh, the gifts, the good gifts, the perfect gifts, as James said, they come from above. They come from the Father of lights. They come from the Lord our God to to make our joy full, to make us happy in our soul. All right. So that's the that's the opening of of this letter. We 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 know that John is declaring Christ to to his readers, and he's declaring Christ to his readers for the purpose of them uh, joining into fellowship with Christ, so that their joy may be full. Okay. He's speaking about being in fellowship and, and, and what I said last week in our lesson, because the word was mentioned, fellowship was mentioned. Fellowship, we must understand, is to be in a close relationship with someone. When we say that we are in fellowship with the Lord, we are saying that we are in a close relationship with him. And something that I often say when speaking about being in fellowship with the Lord, when when I speak about being in a relationship with the Lord is that that relationship, it is a one-on-one -on -one relationship. Okay, it is between you and the Lord. Nobody can enter into that relationship with you. That relationship is between you and the Lord. It is a, a, a sentimental uh, relationship. It is an intimate relationship. That's the word that I'm looking for. It is an intimate relationship between you and the Lord. Nobody joins into uh, that relationship. So, We'll see John begin to speak of, of fellowship here, okay? That's what this chapter of, of the first epistle of John is all about. It's all about uh, being in fellowship, okay? We'll see it say there in the fifth verse, it says, This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. This is something that you heard me touch on in our lesson last week. Uh, when God created us in his image and in his likeness, uh, he created us as righteous creatures. OK, he did not create us as sinful creatures. He is incapable of doing so. The reason why the Lord was incapable of creating us as sinners is because God himself, he is benevolent. He is all good. He is perfect. He is righteous. There is no sin in him. So when he created us, he created us without sin. We were righteous. He, as we saw last week, had to restore that righteousness back to us through that work of reconciliation that was done through Christ. So again, John said there, this is the message which we have heard from him and declared to you that God is light. There is no darkness in him. There is no sin in him. OK, he says there in the sixth verse, he says, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie. We do not practice the truth. Okay. Why does John say that? He says, if we say that we are in fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie. The reason why John can say that is because God is not going to be in relationship with darkness. He's not going to be in fellowship with sin. Like I said in our lesson last week, 
there was a barrier raised between the Lord and mankind because of the sins of man. Sin is in our nature and the Lord wants no part of, of dwelling in sin. That's why the barrier was raised. When you, when you look at Adam and Eve in the garden, the reason why they were kicked out of the garden was because of their sin. The garden was a place intended for man to dwell with the Lord, not temporarily, but for all of eternity. But when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, they were removed from the garden because of sin. The barrier was raised between man and the Lord because of sin. So he's never going to enter into a personal relationship with the sinner. He's not going to be in a relationship with a sinner. So we must repent. We must be reconciled is what we saw in our lesson last week. For us to enter into fellowship with the Lord, for us to, to be in a relationship with the Lord, we cannot be a sinner. So we must repent. We must, we must turn away from our disobedience. We must turn to the Lord and we must live by his way. We must live according to his instructions. We must be obedient to him in order for us to, to be in fellowship with him, in order for us to be in a relationship with him. We, we have to repent. We have to turn away from our sins. So he's speaking about, John is speaking about fellowship here. There were many people around that time who, who would say that they were in fellowship with the Lord, but they were of sin. They were walking in darkness. And they were, therefore, being liars. That's why John says that there. He says there again in the sixth verse. Okay, he says, if we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. The truth, again, we saw in our lesson last week. And I know I'm referencing last week's lesson a lot because, again, like I said, it is a, a, a good follow up. We, we learned that the truth is that all of us are sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory of God but that we can be forgiven of our sins. We, 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 we know that the truth again is that God is a merciful God who is ready and willing and able to forgive us of our sins if we come to him. That is the truth. The truth is, is that again, we can be forgiven, that we can become justified sinners. Now, the Lord will enter into fellowship with a justified sinner. The only way that one can become a justified sinner is through faith in his only begotten son. That is the only way through our faith in the only begotten son. We are washed clean of our sins. We are forgiven. In other words, okay, we are forgiven of our sins. And so we become justified sinners who can dwell in fellow, who can be in fellowship with the Lord. OK, who can dwell in a personal relationship with the Lord. So John said, if we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice truth. So if, if you're out and you're saying, hey, I'm one of the Lord's, I'm in fellowship with him, but you are still living a way of sin. You are lying. OK, you're not in fellowship with the Lord. The truth, you are not practicing the truth. Okay. The truth is, is that we should never turn back to sin. Okay. We, 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 we cannot be one who walks in the dark and yet say we are in fellowship with the Lord. 
Because if we were in fellowship with the Lord, we would know better than to walk in the dark. We will be living by his instructions. And again, his instructions are instructions for living in righteousness, not in darkness. So if we were actually being obedient to his instructions, we will be walking in the light, not in darkness. We will be walking in according to his righteousness, not according to sin. Okay. So we'll see there in the seven verse, it says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, as I just said, cleanses us from all sin. So again, when, when we choose to be obedient to his instructions, when we choose to walk in his light, Jesus again said that he is the light of the world. The light of the world revealed all truth, revealed the way for us to walk in so that we can be obedient to the way of God so that we one day can again dwell with him eternally in his heavenly kingdom so that we can be in fellowship with him. If we walk in his light and we abide in his way, we live obediently to his instructions. We will have fellowship with the Lord because we will be washed clean. Okay, of our sins by the blood of Jesus. Jesus is our propitiation. He's our atonement offering. Okay, his blood was shed to cover our sins. As you've heard me say before, he's our Passover. All right. Because of the blood of Jesus covering us, the Lord will pass over us. He will overlook our sins. Okay. Ian John said, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have also fellowship with one another. That is when we truly enter into fellowship with one another. Okay. As brothers and as sisters in Christ. Okay. When we have genuinely believed in our heart, we are washed clean by the blood of Jesus. The eighth verse goes on to say, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth again is not in us. Okay, nobody is perfect. Nobody is perfect. If we say we have no sin, we, we are making the Lord out to be a liar. And we'll see that said in the 10th verse. The 10th verse says, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. And his word is not in us. Again, we have to remember what Jesus came to, to our world to do. Okay, we have to remember the work of reconciliation that was done, as we saw in our Sunday school lesson last week. Like I said, in our Sunday school lesson last week, Jesus came to our world. He taught. He preached. He, he performed many miracles. Okay, he did all of these things to show us that he is the way, that he is the truth, that he is the life. That's what he said in the 14th chapter of John's gospel in the sixth verse. He did these things to show us again that that his word is true. And his word was that, again, we are sinners, but that we can be forgiven of our sins through our faith in him. Jesus said that he is the bread of life. And if we consume him, if we drink of his blood, we can have that life. So if we were to go around and we were to say that we don't have any sins in us, if we were to say that we have never sinned in our life, we would be saying that Jesus himself is a liar because Jesus said that we are sinners. 
He said that we are sinners and that we are in need of him. The Lord has said that. The Lord said that when he gave his law to the children of Israel. But he saw that nobody could uphold, that nobody could be obedient, that nobody could keep the law in its entirety. That was the whole purpose. That was the whole reason why he gave his only begotten son. So that we can find grace for, for not being able to be obedient to his law. We are sinful creatures. And, and Jesus, the only begotten son, his giving was needed. So if we were to turn around and to say that we have no sin in us and, and that we have not sinned, we make God out to be a liar. We would be saying that God is wrong. How can one who is benevolent, who is all good, who is perfect, be wrong? How can one who is righteous be wrong? How can the one who is omnipotent, omniscient and omnipresent be wrong? God, we say, is all powerful. God, we say, is everywhere at all time. God, we say, is all knowing. How can one who is all knowing be wrong? So John said there in the ninth verse. He said, if we confess our sins, he, the Lord, our God, is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Here's where forgiveness and new life enters in. Okay. Through Jesus Christ. We have again. Uh, the atonement offering. And the doors have been opened to us to go to the Lord. To be able to speak to him, to be able to communicate with him. And again, John said that if we confess our sins. God is faithful. God has always been faithful to mankind. Even when we were not faithful to him, God was faithful to us. He gave us his only begotten son. If, and I said this last week, if we desire for the heavy burden of our sins to be lifted from us, all we have to do is go through those doors and turn them over to the Lord. Just said, if we confess our sins, the Lord is faithful and just. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. He's not going to hold our sins against us. He's going to forgive them. He's going to forgive our sins and he's going to cleanse us from from all unrighteousness. And like I said. The Lord has given us the Holy Spirit to cleanse us, to transform us from that old man into that new man. That's what we saw in our lesson last week. Forgiveness and new life. What, what is that, that new life? What have we been forgiven of? Well, we again have been forgiven of our sins, right? But that new life, that new life is with the Lord. Living under his care, living under his grace, salvation. That is the new life. Those who continue to live in sin are living in that old life. And the old life is the end result is being cast away from God for from his presence for all of eternity. The old life is 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 a way of sin living bound to sin. 
living in the bondage of sin, living as a slave of sin. New life is freedom from the bondage of sin. Jesus, he again said that, that if you abide with him and you receive his truth and you live by his truth, the truth, his truth will make you free. That is a new life. Living free, living in the liberty of, 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 of God's grace, living free from sin. No longer living under the rule of sin. The rule of sin is tough. It is, it is harsh. Whereas Jesus says that his yoke is light. The burdens of, of sin is lifted up from us. It is carried away from us. All the stress, the burdens of life itself, living in this world, we have one that we can go to and cast all those burdens on to. That's the new life, living free. Okay, that is the new life. That new life, again, it is granted to us through the only begotten Son of God, Jesus Christ. This is a blessing that God gives to us. Like I said, the blessing of God, and, and, and I don't say this alone. Scripture backs me up on this. This is sound doctrine. The blessings of God is for making us happy in our soul, for making us not only happy, not happy in our soul, but making us content in our soul as well. Okay? Uh, the, the happiness of the world, we, we can't find this happiness from the world. Okay? Pe people don't understand. The world does not understand true forgiveness the world has no no concept no it, it can't comprehend uh the forgiveness that is of god okay it can't it can't comprehend it it can't understand it because it can't understand the love of god okay the love of god it is completely different uh from the love of man from the love of the world all right so at this point we skip over to the second chapter of our lesson and we'll see there uh, in the second chapter, the first verse, it says, my little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. So, again, we, we, we know the reason. John told us the reason why he's writing this letter to us there in the first chapter. OK, he wants us to be in fellowship with the Lord. He wants our joy to be full. And so this this first verse here in the second chapter, essentially, it follows up to that point. He does not want us to sin. He does not. In other words, he does not want us to live in sin. Because again, as Paul said in our Sunday school lesson last week, we know the terror of the Lord. We know the end of sin. The end of sin is again to be cast away from God's presence for all of eternity. So John says, these things I write to you so that you may not sin, so that you may not live in sin. We are going to sin. Even though we live under grace, right? Even though we, we, you know, we say that we are children of God, even though we are a child of God, we are imperfect still. We are going to sin. OK, but the difference between us and, and the one who chooses to live in sin, the one who is a sinner, is that, as we will see John say here, we have an advocate. He says there as that first verse continues, he says, and if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. We have an intercessor. We have a mediator. We have one. An advocate is one who stands or speaks on the behalf of another. So when you and I, when we sin, 
because we are, are his followers, we are a disciple of his, we are his children, and I'm talking about Christ here, we have an advocate. We have one who will stand and speak on our behalf and say, this one is ours. Lay this charge on me, is what my dad used to say. That's what Christ does for us. We have an advocate who, who speaks up on our behalf. This, this advocate says that this is ours. This one has committed to, to living obediently to our way. Yes, they slipped up this time. Yes, they messed up. Yes, they erred. Because again, we're going to err. But Jesus says, latest error, this, this error is mine. Okay, this one is ours. That's what he says about you. He says, this one belongs to us. This one belongs to me. And there, yes, this one erred in their way, but this one lives obediently, does his best, does her best to live obediently. Okay, this one is ours, is what Christ says. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And we'll see John say, and you've heard me saying this word the past couple of weeks. He says there, and he himself is the propitiation of our sins. This is our advocate. Our advocate is the one who sacrificed himself for us, became our atonement offering, the one who was without sin, but became sin for us. That is the one who advocates for us. That is the one who speaks on our behalf. That is the one who stands up for us. Okay, the one who became the propitiation of our sins. It says, and he himself is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. Again, God gave the world. God did not give just a nation or a select few, his only begotten son. God gave the world his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Christ was given to everyone. He's he's not uh, exclusive. He's all inclusive. Okay, everybody has a part. Everybody who genuinely believes has a part in the only begotten son of God. Therefore, everybody can be forgiven, right? Everybody can be forgiven. The, the, the door of new life is open to everyone. Everybody can walk through it. Everyone can enter into fellowship with the Lord. Okay? Don't, don't ever let anybody tell you that, that God, that, that you cannot be in a personal intimate relationship with the Lord. You can. That's why God gave his only begotten son. He gave his only begotten son so that you and everybody else okay, can be forgiven of their sins and enter into fellowship with him. Okay. Everyone has an advocate. Should they choose? Not everybody will choose, but my hope is that everyone would choose. Okay. Because you know, our advocate, he speaks on our behalf and, and we find grace in the eyes of God because of our advocate. If we were to stand there before the Lord by ourselves, we we would not find grace. Because like I said, a barrier has been raised between him uh, and us because of our sins. God is going to do away. God is going to do away with the sinner. He's not going to take time to deal with the sinner. He's just going to cast the sinner away. But he gives us time today. He takes time with us today. Because we have that advocate in Jesus Christ. We see it say there in the third verse, it says there in the third verse. Now by this, we know that we know him. If we keep his commandments, we know we know the Lord if we are obedient to, to his commandments. Again, we have that 
that fellowship. We have that personal relationship uh, with the Lord. It says there in the fourth verse, he who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments again is a liar and the truth is not in him. John essentially repeating that same point, okay, that we discussed earlier. The fifth verse says there again, but whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. How's the word of the, how does the word of the Lord perfected in those who uh, keep his word is is perfected in us because we are being obedient. Righteousness again is restored to us. Glory is again restored unto us. The way that we initially were created it is all restored to us. So love again is perfected in us. By this, John said, we know that we are in him. We are in fellowship with the Lord. Okay. Again, forgiveness, new life, it has all been promised to us by Christ, okay? And what we have learned today is that all of us can be forgiven of our sins. All of us, uh, we, we again can find new life. We have learned today that new life, it is with the Lord. It is living under his grace. New life leads to living and dwelling in his eternal kingdom as well. That is new life. Okay. And again, we learned this week about reconciliation as well. The promise of reconciliation is that new life. Okay. That is also what we learned. All right. So that is our Sunday school lesson for this week. I certainly hope that all of you enjoyed this lesson and I hope that you will share this lesson with someone somewhere. And again, I hope that you all will continue about in grace and in love. That is our calling as a child of God to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. Let us again continue about keeping one another lifted up in prayer. Let us be prayerful for all people, not just those that we know, but again, those that we do not know. We should keep all people lifted up in prayer. We never know what anyone is dealing with. We never know what anyone is going through. So let us be prayerful. And again, I hope that all of you will return for our Sunday school lesson next week. And until that time, I'll continue to keep all of you lifted up in my prayers. And I'll pray that the Lord continues to keep and to bless all of you.